So welcome to another episode of the I Am Jane Wilson, the Healing Rebel podcast. Managed to say it right this time. Yay me. <laughs> it's a new title, I have to get used to it. Um, and today I have my good friend Kelly Ludwig on and I know Kelly through yoga, but Kelly is way more than that. Kelly is a food and mood coach, super title, and we are going to find out more about what Kelly does and why it is she does it. So welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Jen, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm delighted to see you, delighted to be with you. I just love speaking to you. And part of it's your accent, and part of it's your energy, and part of it's your chat. It's like it's this little bubble of all of these wonderful things that make me want to chat to you. Oh, thanks so much. That's so (laughs) kind. I love chatting to you too. (laughs) (laughs) yay thank god (laughs) of course I do yeah right so food and mood coach what is it oh well um this is kind of a new new development for me um I've been calling myself a health and wellness coach um I recently launched my practice I've been in practice for about a year now and um I've been kind of thinking about you know what is it? What do I really love? And I love food. I love food. I've always loved food. And uh, it's really funny. Um, a friend uh, a friend got in touch. I hadn't been in touch with her for a while. We did teacher training together years and years ago. And she just recently sent me a message. And um, she found me on Instagram. And she sent me a message saying, oh, you were always into food. But it's so nice to see you're making a, a career out of it. And you've inspired me to be healthy and to eat more vegetables. And I think, yes, this is great. But um, I've been uh, reading... Um, the work of Dr. Drew Ramsey, and um, he's a he he's a nutritional psychiatrist, and I've just found that absolutely fascinating um, how um, food can help lift your mood. I mean, I know that myself through personal experience, and I know you do too. Yeah. <laughs> what you put yeah. in your body has a huge impact on how you feel and how you function in the world. And, um, and you know, it's, it's also a joy, it's a pleasure. Um, making food, that's where, you know, in the kitchen is where I get creative. Um, so it just, food brings so much into your life. And, um, and it's, it's what I love. And I want to share that with people. I want people to feel good. I want people to eat well. And I want it, I want it to be easy. You know, I think sometimes we see things that, um, out there and you know we put a lot of expectations on ourselves our food should look a certain way or Mm. we should be using these fancy things and eating well is it doesn't have to be complicated it can be really easy and it doesn't have to be expensive either um so i just i want to share i want to share the joy of cooking the joy of eating and then i want i want people to experience um how good it feels to eat well yeah yeah, it's such, such an impact. Like, you know, if you, you eat a whole box of chocolates or a whole multi-pack of crisps, you kind of go, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but if you've eaten a really nice, well-balanced meal that you feel satisfied after eating, because I, I, can, I can eat six packets of crisps and still be hungry, because <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no nutritional value to them, so your body's still craving the nutrients. But when you've got a nutrient dense meal and you eat that you're like that was brilliant even if you eat a lot of it and feel quite stuffed 
you still feel much better than if you've eaten a pile of crap. Definitely, definitely. And I'm not saying that I don't I don't eat crisps and that I don't eat chocolate and that I don't enjoy cake. I, I do like all of that stuff. And I think it does have a place in your diet in moderation. But if that's the kind of food that you're eating all the time, you know, if you're putting things in your body that don't have nutritional value, then yeah, you are going to be hungry and you're going to be looking for that fulfillment. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I have to say, you know, recently... I was having a craving for coffee and walnut cake and I just couldn't find it anywhere. And also I just, I didn't really feel like making it because when you make the icing, sometimes it's just, it goes all over the kitchen. <laughs> so I just, I thought, right, if I can just find a nice cafe that is serving that, but I don't think it's, um, it's kind of old fashioned, you know, it's not the cool cake of the moment right now. So I couldn't find it. And I was noticing that I just kept trying, I was eating my way, trying to find this coffee and walnut, <laughs> it just, you know, and it didn't work. So sometimes when you do have a craving for something, go and have that thing that you really, really want. You don't have to eat the whole cake, but go and find it, have it, savor it, take your time over it. And then that's going to satiate you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I finally, I finally found the coffee and walnut cake, had the slice, and then oh, that did me. Reset things, right? I'm ready to go again. And then <laughs> I think you've got to do that. Yeah, and especially because cravings, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but when you crave something, it's the nutrient from whatever that thing is you're craving. So a lot of the time when people are craving, say, chocolate, it's actually the magnesium and potassium that you can get. And is that, am I right in saying that? Yeah, so I mean that can be that can be part of um, you know maybe you're deficient in a nutrient, so you're looking for something to give that to you. That's you know that can be one thing, you know. But cravings can also stem from maybe there's you're you're lacking something else in your life, or maybe there's this void in your life. You know, okay, and emotional. Yes. Well. Yes. yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It can also you know be. Maybe something that um, takes you back to your childhood. You've got really good memories. You know, it could be a nostalgia thing. Um, and also cravings can also stem from if your blood sugar is not regulated. You know, if you're, you're, you're looking for sweets, then you're, I need that energy. So yeah. how you eat, you want to keep your blood sugar regulated. So sometimes these sweet cravings are because you've had the dip <laughs> and um, yeah. you're looking for that. Yeah, so cravings can stem from a lot of things, but yes, that's one of them for sure. Mm, yeah, it's not not quite as simplistic as my one my one train of thought there. <laughs> like, no, oh, yeah. but it is. There, but is a, there is emotional stuff around it because I know for me, when I when I eat a six pack of crisps, it's not because I want to eat a six pack of crisps. For me, there is an emotional thing has happened, and the crisps give me a sense of comfort. Oh yeah, and that'll have stemmed back to something that happened in childhood where completely innocently somebody gave me a packet of crisps as a comfort and then I associate comfort with crisps yes yes exactly exactly you know there's it's you know if we take a little bit of time and think okay why is it that we want this thing what's going on here what's going on in my body what's going on mm. in my mind yeah you're right it might take you back to a happier time or, um, you know, there's also, you know, if we're feeling low, if our mood is low, then it can give you that, that dopamine hit and lift you up for a wee bit. And then you go back for more. Um, so it's really, really 
taking some time to tune into yourself and find out what's what's really going on here what's going on yeah I'm also just having this be flashback of watching an episode of Friends where anytime somebody got dumped, they got given the pint of ice cream. And it's almost like on TV, like that was only, that's just one show because I used to watch that like so much. But that's actually a thing where when somebody's feeling down, it's like they sit and shove all that sort of ice cream and chocolate and cake and stuff in their face. So if that's what's been projected to us as well, on the stuff that we're watching, then we then can associate that. Then when we're oh, the only thing that's going to make me feel better is Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> that was exactly what I was going to say. I'm like sure Ben and Jerry's must have sponsored Friends. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, so, yeah. Interesting how that how that all fits in. So how did you how did you oh, how did you get into food and mood? Like what draw, what drew you here? Um. How did it? Well, are you? How did I get into the health coaching? Deciding to go on coaching, yeah. Like, what brought you to to deciding to coach? Okay. Um, well, there's um, there's been a bit of an evolution of, uh, I guess. Um, I suppose maybe if I kind of go back a few years, um, and we'll talk. I remember being in a lot of pain, and um, I was like. I'm so young. Why am I in pain? Like, this is ridiculous. I've got back pain. And uh, I just, I was just in pain. And then I got referred to the physio. And, um, you know, so I was going to the physio. She's like, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> She's like, you just That's don't move enough. <laughs> she said, you don't move enough. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. And then, um, she referred me to the scheme um, where I could, I think I could go to, um, you know, the local authority ledger center and for a discounted price and I could try out classes and things like that. And I thought, okay, I'll take advantage of this and see what happens. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I remember I did, I did, I went to aerobics with my mom when I was wee and uh, that, I remember having lots of fun and, you know, that was wearing leotards and, uh, you know, basically <laughs> dancing around a prince in a church hall. Can't beat it. <laughs> Jane Fonda style. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll try, I'll try some classes. And uh, I started going to body jam and I loved it because it was like being at a dance party but you know you were sober so there was no hangover afterwards so I really got into body jam really loved that and then I was like this feels great and then um and then a friend of mine uh she qualified as a yoga teacher and started a yoga class because I was still I was still a bit sore the pain hadn't gone away and I thought yes yoga is something I'm interested in trying out I'll go along and then I started going to our class and like, sometimes it would absolutely kill me. There were things that I just couldn't do. Some of these seated rotations, just I hated them, but I persevered. And then I just remember one day, my, my back pain is gone. That pain is gone. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Okay, yoga, yoga works. And, <laughs> um, and then from that, I mean, I kind of fell away from things because, you know, the, 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 the teachers that I really liked at Body Jam stopped and then my friends stopped teaching. And then um, a friend, and then a couple of, well, it was 2014. I know because that's the name of the five aside group, but a friend of mine said, Hey, do you fancy, do you fancy playing five aside football on a Monday night? I mean, what else are you going to do on a Monday night? I was like, 
uh, okay, I'll give it a go. Never played football in my life. So um, I thought, I'll just, I'll give it a go. We'll see what happens. So I started playing football on a Monday night. The first time absolutely killed me, killed me. My whole body ached. <laughs> I was so sore. My butt was sore. It was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe how sore I was. And, um, but I persevered. I kept going on a Monday. And uh, we had a dog at that time. So I'd come home from football and we'd uh, take her out for a walk and, um, and she would just be bursting with energy and she'd want to go for a run. So I would run with her, but I would be out of breath. And then I noticed as time went on, it's like, I'm not out of breath when Jude wants to pull me down the hill. And I was like, my fitness levels are changing. And then I started noticing that my body was changing. I started to lose weight. And I wasn't on a diet or anything. This just happened naturally. And then I was like, I'm feeling good here. And then it just sort of led on to the next thing. And then it's like, do you know, I know people who run and I was like, they really love running. And, you know, I'm, I'm running when I'm playing football and then, you know, Jude's dragging me along here and I'm doing yeah. better at this running. So I thought, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try it and see what happens. And then I found couch to 5k mm-hmm. and, uh, and I worked through the couch to 5k program and I thought nine weeks and I'm going to be able to run for 30 minutes consecutively. And I was like, I don't believe this can happen because like, you know, I hated running in school. I remember we had to do the presidential physical fitness test every spring and autumn or something like that. And you had to run a mile. They didn't, they didn't train you up for it. It was just go and run a mile. So (laughs) I was set up to fail. from the So um, I hated running. And so, but then I thought, I'm just going to give this a go. And then I made it through the couch to 5k program. It's like, I can run for 30 minutes. (laughs) stopping and it was just a massive achievement for me and I was so proud of myself and then I was like and people started saying to me people at work like oh the next thing you know you're going to be doing marathons blah 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 and you'll be running with people and I was like no 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 no, no. this is just for me like I'm just going to put I'll never be able to run without music I'm never going to run with other people this is just a thing that I do myself and then um and then I thought what's the next step and I thought I'm going to try I'm going to try a park run and, and the thing is with the park run I um I secretly printed off the barcode I didn't tell anybody that I was doing it I was just like I can't tell anybody like I'm not I I'm going out in public to run with a, I'm not telling anyone so I secretly printed it off and I went by myself and I just went all the way to the back I didn't speak to anyone I was just so nervous I mean it just felt like now that I know what a feels like when you're doing a race that's how I felt going to park run yeah <laughs> so um yeah I did my first park run at Pollock Park and I was like I felt so happy I was so proud of myself I did a park run and then you know I told people afterwards and then I was like I think I'm gonna keep up this running malarkey I'm gonna keep it up <laughs> and so I kept it up and you know I wasn't training with anybody I was just by myself listening you know putting my tunes in and going and then um and I, and in the back of my head it's like I need to be doing yoga with us it just mm. I need to be doing that I could feel it in my body I need to be doing it but I was so busy I just never never fit it in I mean I could have done my personal practice but it, I just didn't, didn't. 
But yeah. I didn't. I mean, we've all been there and you yeah. know, there are things we know we know the things that would be good for us, but we just don't do them. But then, you know, the universe intervenes and injures me. <laughs> so what what do you learn? You learn something from your injuries. So that's when I was like, right, this you need the yoga. Go get the yoga. Go and find go and find a yoga teacher. Go and find that n- new class. And then um, that's how I found Mark, our teacher. Yeah, yeah. he's been on the podcast before. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. So um, yeah, I came to Mark when I was injured, and then it was just like, yes, I have found where I'm supposed to be, and um, it was great. You know, I could talk about running, talk about yoga, and it was just it was what my body needed, what my mind needed. And then, you know, I started, you know, rehab the injury, made it through that. And then I decided, right, I'm going to do my yoga teacher training. So I did that. And then through going to Mark's class, there were people that were going to his class that were um, members of Bella Houston Roadrunners. And then they started saying to me, you should join the running club, join the running club. And I thought, no, 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 not, it's not for me. I'm not good enough. I'm not a real runner though. That's for real runners. And uh, mm-hmm like no just come you'll be great it'll be great and so um there was uh finally one summer I think I had I had time and I was like I'm gonna try it out they just kept at me yeah and I thought well you guys are really lovely people so maybe everybody else there will be like you too so I'll give it a go so I tried out um, the Roadrunners, Bella Houston Roadrunners. And when was that? That was, I think I started going in 2016. And uh, I just, I didn't join for ages. I didn't join for ages, but I did sign up for um, my, ha- my first half marathon that year. Um, with, and uh, it was the, the Glasgow half. And uh, I'd been going regularly to the club, but hadn't, hadn't properly joined up. I didn't have my vest or anything, but I ran with a girl um, from the club. She totally got me around. And then she was getting all the shouts. She had her bill of vests on. So she was getting all the shouts. Everybody knew who she was. And I was like, I want a little bit of that. So I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> so after that, I joined. So I've been in Bell Houston Roadrunners ever since then. And um, so running became a really big part of my life. And then I did the yoga is a big part of my life. And, um, and then again, um, as injury happened again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, what was the gift in that one? And, um, and that was swimming. So um, I've been away on a chain and weekend with a Glasgow Triathlon Club. And, um, and they had asked me to do, uh, some yoga with them. So I did that and I was allowed to join in their training sessions that weekend. And I wasn't into cycling at that time, but, um, I did, I did go in the pool. I always liked being in the pool. We had a pool, um, when in our backyard when we were growing up. So I was confident in the water, but I didn't know how to properly swim. So I joined in the swimming sessions and I was like, Oh, I really like this. And I knew people from the running club where we'd go to the swimming sessions. So, um, yeah, I just, I was like, okay, this is, this is it. Um, this is my chance to get into the swimming, you know, take a break from the run and get into the swimming and then totally got into the swimming. And then as I was um, recovering, I started thinking, I know how to ride a bike. Surely, like, surely I could do a short triathlon. And then I set that goal for myself, join the triathlon club. And then 
Yeah, yeah. And then I've, I've really gotten into cycling the last couple of years. Amazing. So that's, I'm telling you about my fitness journey. So that all happened. And then I was a primary school teacher as well. I taught in um, additional support needs for uh, 13 years. And, you know, I, I guess just before the pandemic, really, I mean, I mean, it started happening before then. And I just, things started changing in schools and I was like, I knew I needed to make a change, but I just, I didn't do anything about it. I was so busy doing other things outside of, outside of school. I was getting a lot of fulfillment from that. But as time started going on, it just, the work started wearing mm. down and um, I completely burnt out. And so that was, um, that was in March, 2020, like early March. Yeah. So yeah, my body was just like, no, you can't keep doing this. And I I was, I was overtraining, but I wasn't doing anything that I was doing. Um, you know, I used to be at work and just like, how am I going to get through this day? You know, something, you know, Mm. the job brought me so much joy for so many years, but then it just, it stopped. So, um, I took some time out and, um, and then I decided, uh, well, I was having a, a family discussion and, uh, my sister-in-law is a life coach and, uh, she mentioned health coaching and she said some of our clients were successful health coaches. And this was something I'd never heard of before. I was like, really? What's a health coach? And I was like, I've not heard of that. And is that a real job? Can you do that? <laughs> and, um, and so got on google started doing some research and um i was like oh yes this (laughs) totally spoke to me a health coach you know you're you're still in education you're empowering people but it aligns more with who you are you know you get to (laughs) you're teaching people how to look after themselves and I, i just thought yes this combines my passion for food and movement and exercise and being outside it's just everything that I love and was coming together and I was like I'm gonna do this so I studied with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and you graduated in July um, last year 2021 and I launched my coaching practice and yeah it's just total total career change but great I resigned from teaching um last January so yeah yeah so that's that's a long story that's how I got here so yeah it's amazing it's amazing though because there's so much that lots of people will be able to resonate with like being told that you have to move more and then trying to find the things that you want to do and then becoming injured and then how do how do I keep moving but in a different way and it is that whatever whether whatever life throws at you it's like right there's something else that I need to do and it doesn't mean that you can't ever go back to that thing it's like there's something else that you're going to benefit from there's something else whether that is finding a new activity or finding a new coach or a new way of thinking about things and seeing things Mm -hmm. but it's you know there there are so many people that just go oh this is too difficult I'm not doing anything and just give up like if some people if when they got injured from that run would just be like oh well that's me sit on the couch and do nothing mm-hmm. but there are other things that you can do that then can continue to support you and keep your fitness levels up and yeah definitely definitely I mean the, when I first got injured you know I, like, 
I was, I was devastated. And I thought, what if I'm not able to run again? What if I can't mm. run again? And, you know, I just thought, I was so worried about not being able to run again because I, I loved it so much. I was totally into it. It just made me feel so good. And it's become part of my identity. And um, it was just, it was awful. And, but over time I've learned how to shift my thinking and, you know, and seeing what is the gift in this. And and it has, you know, I just think, well, if I hadn't been injured, then I probably wouldn't have gotten into yoga and done my teacher training, which has opened up so much for me and done so much for me personally. And, and, you know, I've met so many people through that. And I I love that. Um, And then, you know, if I hadn't gotten injured again, would I, you know, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be swimming, you know, and I, I love swimming. I love open water swimming. That brings me so much joy. And then I would have never tried to try athlon. <laughs> <laughs> when so, did you do your first triathlon? Sorry? When did you do your first triathlon? That was in, it was Bishop Briggs, 2019. It was. Oh, so you met my mum and dad there. They were not competing. <laughs> they were not competing. They were watching. But yeah. I think they would have probably been laughing at me. I mean, I just. Not at all. I did, um, I did it on a, I did it on a hybrid bike. <laughs> but hey I did it I did it I mean I remember trying to train for that and I was so not confident on the bike you know I had a I've got um I've got this beautiful duck egg blue bike super heavy you know kind of Dutch style European bike set up big and um it's not it's not useful here there's so many hills here yeah. You, know, you, you know lived in Amsterdam somewhere somewhere flat um, somewhere flat yeah 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 and it was fine but um yeah so I had to and I tried out a road bike you know I jumped from that to a road bike I borrowed a road bike and I remember I went to um a training session at the the bike track with the triathlon club at Bailey Houston Park and I was just I was mortified it was awful. Um, we'd pumped up the tires the night before, but um, actually the, there'd been a puncture. So I, I showed up with a flat, didn't know how to deal with that. And then I got on the bike. I was absolutely terrified because, you know, skinny tires, really tiny. Yeah. Um, and then also um, working the brakes. I didn't know how to do all of that. And I got put in a group by myself. <laughs> I was an individual. <laughs> Oh, bless you. But, you know, it, but I couldn't, I would, I mean, I couldn't, like, I couldn't join in what everybody else was doing. I wasn't able to, and, you know, yeah. it was just, it was mortifying. And I, I mean, I was nearly in tears, but I just, I persevered and uh, I thought, well, this isn't the right bike for me. And, um, and then I borrowed a friend's hybrid. It's like, okay, that feels like I've graduated from this uh, beautiful, my beautiful blue bike, but it's not too far advanced and so yeah. I built up my confidence on that and then um and then I did Bishop Briggs and that was fine I was really happy that I was able to do a triathlon and then I did another one down in New Cumnock it was a super sprint so it was a shorter distance and um I was doing that with a, a friend from the triathlon club and she had a road bike she was fast and I was just yeah. I was so disappointed because I'd done it on the hybrid and I was like I want to go faster so that's when and then she told me she let me try out her bike and I was like oh this road bike feels completely different from the one I had tried mm. and I was like I can maybe do I can maybe maybe I could get a road bike so I got a road bike and then in my head I was like 
I have to go and do another triathlon. Like I, I have to, I have to do better. So I went and a few weeks later and I found another triathlon down in Peebles and I bought my road bike, did it. And then I was like, yes. Yes. So I just feel, I just feel like, you know, if I can do all of this stuff, anybody can do all this stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I did, a tri- I've done two triathlons. The first one I did, um, I couldn't really swim. <laughs> I didn't own a bike. I had to borrow a bike and I didn't know how to change the gears on the bike. And I had only practiced. I'd gone out and practiced a few times on the bike along the sort of, I was when I lived in Australia and I lived in the Gold Co- just off the Gold Coast Highway. So the road that ran parallel to that, you would say, come down that and it was flat. But the circuit that we did on the day had a hill in it and I didn't know. I just put the gears into the heaviest gear so that that would get me going faster because I had quite strong legs. But that's no use for going up a hill and I didn't know how to change the gear. And I could hear people coming up to the hill and going click, 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 click and then flying away up. And I kept having to go off the bike and push up. And it was a circuit. I made to go around the circuit five times. <laughs> Did you push it? Did you figure it out? Did you figure it out? <laughs> Not a clue. I was like, how did everybody manage to go faster? And somebody was like, they changed their gears. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like nobody had shown me. Oh, Jen, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Um, yeah, and then I did a, I did another one when I was in La Santa mm-hmm. in Lanzarote. Ooh, um, La Santa. And, yeah, and we were there when the Ironman were all there doing their tra- their training week before they competed in the Ironman. So I was there with, with college and we were all health and fitness students. So we all thought that we were quite fit and healthy. And then we were next to these Ironman <laughs> athletes. And I was just like, wow. Um, but I did it on a road bike then because when you're out there, you just you borrow their bikes. Um, and like you say, much fast, so much faster. And I knew how to work the gears by this point. So when I was going up the hill, I was like, click, 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 choo, cruising up the hill. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> the second second one was a much better experience. Um, but yeah, I'm not a good swimmer at all. Like I was doggy paddling out the pool. I was the last person out of the pool. But you did but it. I did it and I didn't care. Because I, I, I did make up some of that on the bike because I was much better on the bike by then because I had my own bike and I taught spin classes. So... Yeah. my cycling proficiency was much better um yeah so how how much does food then play into you for energy and for recovery oh it's huge do you know um I mean I've always I love food and I've uh, and I, I, I really enjoy eating and I enjoy preparing food um but I think you know when when I started you know getting into running and that's when I actually realized like oh this has an even bigger role to play in in my life and I don't know how to make it and I, I think even at that time I was starting to like it's like I'm not I feel like I'm not feeling properly and I feel like it's my diet that I need to tweak to make me feel better so um, I was uh, during our um, the yoga teacher training we had a lecture on nutrition and I was like oh I mean I was always interested in um I was interested in nutrition but then just to hear this lecture I was like oh the penny started to drop you know she started talking about things and like you know I was doing things that I wasn't eating I wasn't eating breakfast I was drinking you know two big 
two big cups of coffee with a lot of milk in the morning and then maybe eating something, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, maybe a granola bar at, um, at uh, playtime or whatever. So um, anyway, so just listening to what she had to say, I thought, this is the key. This is going to help me with my running. This is going to help me feel better with my running. So I went to, I went to see her and uh, had some sessions with her and um, that was amazing. She, she got me off caffeine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I thought no way. Cause I, I mean, I love my coffee. I worked in a coffee shop when I was, um, when I was in college and like, I, I, I mean, I used to have fantasies about opening a coffee shop, you know, it was a really big thing to me, but I yeah. thought I'm going to try this because the, I want to feel good when I run. And yeah. uh, so she got me off the caffeine and if I can go off caffeine, anybody can, I mean, you just, <laughs> you have a couple of days where you don't feel good, but after that it's brilliant. Um, and then she got me eating breakfast <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know I actually found out I wasn't eating enough food to fuel what I was doing yeah so, and that puts your body under stress yes and so yeah and then when you've got that stress response going on in your body from the exercise you're doing I was stressed from the work that I was doing so my body was not happy with me so that's why you know it was affecting my running so she got me eating breakfast and now I'm like I love breakfast and I eat, I eat a huge breakfast, you know, that, that saying, uh, breakfast, like a king, um, that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It uses. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I eat breakfast now and, um, you know, and then I started kind of changing, you know, I, a lot of people will eat a light lunch and, um, I started eating, I was making my lunch, the main meal of the day. Well, after my big King's breakfast, <laughs> my prince's lunch, but you know, you're burning the majority of your calories during the day, whether or not you're, you exercise or you are as active as, as me or someone else, but you know, you need your calories during the day, not at the end of the day when, before you go to bed. So she helped me change that up a bit. So I started eating my main meal, something bigger at lunchtime. I know some people will say, oh, but, you know, if I ate that much, I would, I would go to sleep. But that, that's, if that's how you feel, then you need to tweak what you're actually eating. Um, yeah. So I started eating a bigger meal um, uh, at lunchtime. And then, uh, you know, and then I was doing uh, loads of training. I've kind of eased off that a bit, but, you know, I, was, I still needed something at the, after training in the evenings. So I started having, having soups or salads, something a lot lighter. Um, yeah. And that just making those changes just made me feel so much better. And also, you know, thinking about what I was eating in between meals to help, um, help fuel my training and, uh, you know, having not just a piece of fruit, but having that with some nuts. So you've got the carbs and the protein and the fat all working together to satiate you and give you that energy. Um, yeah. so yeah, she helped me make those changes and, and it was just like, oh, I feel so much better now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's something that I try and get my clients to do as well is have their main meal in the middle of the day because it sort of eliminates that mid, that mid afternoon slump, unless, as you say, you're eating the wrong foods. But for for me, I changed when I was reading. I don't know if you're the nutrition coaching that you got on your yoga teacher training was about Ayurveda. 
like there was a, there was um a little bit of ayurveda in it traditional chinese yeah. medicine came into play in it mm-hmm. yeah because both of the well both of those cultures it's eat your main meal when the sun's at its highest mm-hmm. because that's when your digestion is most stimulated because if we live in that circadian rhythm of rising with the sun and going to to sleep then you want to eat within those windows as well and it's um, yeah, definitely having a bigger meal at lunchtime. And then sometimes I don't have anything else later on in the day, depending on what I've eaten. Mm-hmm. So whether or not I still feel full or what I've done as well in the rest of the day to whether or not I need something else to eat. Mm-hmm. But listening to your body rather than, oh, it's this time, so therefore I must eat this at this time and progress the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. It's tuning into your body and listening to that. And if you are somebody who exercises, do you feel recovered? If not, what are you eating or what are you not eating? What are you doing for your recovery? If Even if you're not an exerciser and you're not feeling good, what are you feeling your body with? Yep, precisely. On all levels. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, if we, if we could break free from that, that okay, that's this time, you have to eat at this time, um that would be really helpful unfortunately that's just the way our way our culture is structured especially when you're in a school you know you just think this is when you eat lunch and then um this is when you have your snack and you know an office culture will be like that too um but it it can it, it can be hard and then you know if you've been if you've done this big training session in the evening because you can't do it during the day because you're working then you know you are going to be hungry and you do need need something to put in your body to recover from that so yeah it is it's hard to find find the balance but I think it it can be done but it's not a quick fix you have to experiment and find what works for you and mm-hmm. what works for you might not work for me what works for me might not work for someone else you just you know I can give you some suggestions things to try but you have to experiment and um and it's not things don't change overnight you know I think quite often we are looking for these quick fixes something to sort out and uh, no for anything to be sustainable the, the quick fixes don't work you know they work like for a short time but it's not sustainable yeah or they give the illusion that they've worked yeah but actually they're not yeah. like because lots of people when they start to die it's water that they lose on those initial days and then when they get into this new habit of whatever they're doing, sometimes they then start piling weight back on again and you're just like, it's because what you're doing is not sustainable. It can't be. And you have, I think, and I mean, now I've been listening to a couple of people who have started following the carnivore diet because of autoimmune conditions that they have and they really very much, this is, this is their way. And the only thing they eat now is meat with nothing else and I'm like dear god that sounds like absolute hell they have an underlying health condition that they are finding that this really helps with so they will stay with that until it doesn't help or they may stay with that for the rest of their life but they have seen this as this is what's sustainable for me if you look at something and be like oh I could do it for six weeks or I could do it for 12 weeks but beyond that you can't do it then that's not the right diet plan for you that's not the right any kind of plan for you if you if you only think I can do this short term. No, no, no. You're yeah. right. Yeah, and that's what I work on with my clients. You know, it's all about 
sustainability and making things achievable um and that's why you know when they start working with me you know i would set i would suggest to quite often client work with me for give it 12 weeks let's see what happens and you know and i think people have and an motivation ebbs and flows we've got to stop rely people need to stop relying on motivation because it ebbs and flows yeah. Um, but you know, when you come to me, you're probably, you're feeling, you're probably feeling a bit crappy. You want some help. You're feeling really motivated when we first start out, but you know, around about week four, week five, your motivation is maybe going down. Life is going to throw you curveballs and you're going to have to deal with that when you're making these changes. And so it's really useful to have someone there to hold your hand, support you, guide you and say, hey, you know, this is normal. I told you this was gonna happen and here we are. So how do we manage that? And how do we keep things going? How do we keep it sustainable for you while you're going through whatever this difficult period is for you, whatever life's thrown at you? And then, okay, we go from there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think quick fixes aren't gonna work. You've got yeah. to put in the work. Hundred percent. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. What well, do you have like a special way of helping and supporting people when they're not doing the things that they know that they're good for us? Like, because we all do it, right? You said that earlier on. Like, we we all know what we should be doing, but do we actually do it? How do you help and support people to to get that? Well, I think reassurance knowing that the way you're feeling is normal it's and there's nothing wrong with you you know you're not a bad person you haven't done anything wrong you know it's this is this is normal this is what happens and I think also being aware of um you know the the negativity bias that we have you know knowing that that's there your brain is is trying to keep you safe <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, which is which is really strange because you're trying to you want to do something that's good for you, but your brain's like no 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 no. So <laughs> you know what, having that awareness of that is really important. But also, right, let's talk about what's going on, what's happening in your life, and maybe we need to adjust the goalposts. You know, if you if you've been meditate, say if meditation was the thing you were wanting to work on, and you wanted to introduce that practice, and maybe you got yourself up to doing thirty minutes a day. Well, if something happens and you don't have 30 minutes a day, it's not all or nothing. We've got to get rid of the all or nothing thinking as well. You know, if yeah. you have five minutes, five minutes is better than no minutes. And that's the same. If you're trying, if you're, if you're working on movement, you know, walk around the block, you know, you don't have to do that hour loop. If you don't have an hour, you know, get yeah. out and go for five minutes. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're not you're not a bad person you haven't failed you've still done it and you know I think we need to think about things um cumulatively as well you know it's what you do these small steps add up over time and um you know I guess the way you could think about your your health or whatever you're trying to work on is like it's like your your retirement savings you know you get a little bit you put a little bit aside every time you get paid and, you know, in a couple of, you know, two years, it's not a lot, but when you retire, you're going to have a nice little nest egg. <laughs> so if you keep putting little bits of effort in 
over time, it's good for you. You know, it's what you do. It's about being consistent. And, you know, if, if you've only got five minutes, do the five minutes. It's not all or nothing. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> you're saying about retirement, <laughs> your retirement fund. I'm like, oh, yeah, I must start one of them. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, I mean, that's another thing, you know. <laughs> Probably not a good example for me. <laughs> like, I'll be 43 soon. And, yeah, retirement. When's that? What happened? Yeah. Then? Oh shit! <laughs> or you know, you know, like you get those well, those money jars, you know, like yeah. If you put your fifty p's in them, you know, it starts off small, but yeah. then one day, then oh, it's full. Yes, I can go and like treat myself to that thing. So you've got to think about it that way. You just keep yeah. eating it and and get rid of the all or nothing thinking. And mm-hmm. you know, it isn't all or nothing. You know, something is better than nothing. And, you know, also working with me, I'm going to hold you accountable. And I've had my clients say to me, like, I did this thing because I know I was going to be talking to you, you know, and having that is really, yeah. important. Um, it's just some, for someone to check in with. And, you know, I've been finding lately, even though I love running, um, I'm going through a wee period right now where I'm finding it hard to get myself out the door. I mean, I'm enjoying it once I'm there, but um, I am finding it a bit hard. And and I know things are going to ebb and flow. So what I've been doing is making sure that I'm making an arrangement with a friend to go for a run. Because yeah. if I've made an arrangement with a friend, I don't want to let them down. I'm going to show up for them. And um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And that's been really helpful. And, you know, I'm, and I've also been trying to think, like, how did, I, how did I end up here? I was doing so well. I was feeling really good. But now, but it's you know it's it's February <laughs> yeah you know so but now you know the sun's coming out the days are getting longer so um I think you know that will help you know it's it's you know what's going on listen listen and tune in so yeah it's yeah. just putting helping people put strategies in place like that you know or like you know reassuring them that there's nothing wrong with them and um you know it's not all or nothing do what you can and you know, try not to, try not to break the streak. You know, if you miss a day, you miss a day, do it, do it tomorrow, but don't, yeah. don't start messing it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. That can be the, oh, oh, oh it's nearly the weekend. I'll not bother. I'll start next, I'll start again next weekend. And then Monday comes and you're hungover from the weekend, whether it's a sleep hangover, a food hangover, an alcohol hangover, or just chilling out hangover. And you're like, oh, can't get back into it so yeah breaking the habit is it's a difficult one to get to get back on but like you say get somebody that can help hold you accountable whether it's a friend whether you sign up with a coach or whatever just to get you back into the flow of it Mm -hmm. but also I think you know I think some people when they start setting goals they make them huge or they they're so big or you know you have to be a completely different person the next day mm. to achieve them. And that's not, that's not realistic. So it's breaking it down into the smaller steps. You know, if, if you are starting to find that something is really hard to do, then maybe it's not about having that accountability. Maybe it's like taking a step back and right, I need to make this a little bit smaller so that I can do it. And then once that's in place, build on that. 
but it's just yeah. taking taking small small steps and there's nothing wrong with that you know when you I was, I was doing that in school with the kids <laughs> yeah you know helping them yeah. take these small steps and you know when you think about when you learned how to read you know you were reading those biff and chip books and now <laughs> you know how long has it taken you to be able to read a novel? You know, maybe like grad, maybe you read lots of fiction and then now it's like, okay, I can read nonfiction now. And you know, think about it that way. Um, yeah. you, know, you couldn't read War and Peace when you first started to read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, when, I, when I first joined the gym, I remember going and buying myself what was expensive at the time and expensive for me outfit because I was like, right, if I bought this, then I'm definitely going to use it. And that's what was my motivation to get me there, to get me started. And then once I started, I started then feeling the benefits, feeling better in myself. And then I started buying really cheap stuff. I was like, I'm sweating in this. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's another thing too. If you are going out and something, you know, if you are just starting to get into exercise and if you're putting on things that you that don't make you feel good, then maybe mm. think that buy yourself something that makes you feel good. You enjoy putting yeah. it on. It makes you feel good. And then you want to go out and, uh, and, and do it. I, I, yeah. I was, yeah, I had that discussion with one of my clients. Um, I do, I do love, uh, I do love a running score and uh, I think they're, they're lots of fun. And uh, I think uh, I've had lots of compliments on some of the ones that I have. And I was working with a client. She's been wanting to get into running. And then she's like, I love your running scores. Where do you get them? And so I was chatting to her and then she went and treated herself to one because she was running and things she didn't feel good in. And, yeah. uh, and then, and then she was also like, she was running in places where she wouldn't be seen. But you know, the last time I talked to her, she's wearing a running score. She's going down the street and she doesn't mind being seen. So yeah, really yeah. do things that, that make you feel good. You deserve it. Yeah. And then your confidence starts to build and then that it grows from there. And it's the same when you're eating well, you start to notice that you're feeling better. And then you may, like your mood then enhances, your confidence enhances, productivity enhances, you get more stuff done. And it's like this snowball effect. Yeah. Um, yep. I remember yep. Yeah, I remember working with one with one of my clients and her saying how much it, working on her health helped her business because she was then able to show up in her work and in her business mm-hmm. so much more she felt more vibrant people were commenting on how well she was looking and she was more pro- productive she had a clearer focus on what it was that she actually wanted as her outcome so it's not just you can't only influence one area of your life it'll influence and influences the relationships you have with other people as well Oh, definitely. I love hearing that story about how um, what the changes that she made in her life had an impact on her work. I mean, it's all we're we're energy, right? We're all balls of energy, and so it's about how you you know what energy are you putting into your body, and you know, and what what energy are you putting out there? And it does it just once you start making changes in one area of your life it does have that knock-on effect. And I think, you know, there's a tendency sometimes to think about, you know, diet and exercise. Those are the two things that are most important in your health and, and they're thought of separately, but you know, it's your health is so much more than that. Um, you know, and, it, and it's everything, everything's interconnected. And, you know, that's what I do in my work with my clients. We look at, 
look at everything. I know I'm like I'm into food, but you know, how, how, you know, like you're saying, you know, how you feed yourself, you know, is, can have an impact on your relationships and how you relate to other people. And, you know, you're talking about your finances there, how you deal with your finances. That's a part of your health and well-being. Um, you know, your sense of purpose, that's really important as well. And, um, you, you know, are you being, how, what about your creative outlets? What's bringing you joy? Your home environment has an impact on your health and well-being and your career. Like there's so many things that I think, you know, I was working with a client and uh, she thought Kelly's just going to change my diet and get me off caffeine and then I'll be sorted. But when we started our work together, the thing that was having the most impact on her health was her career. She wasn't fulfilled in her job. She was really unhappy. And like that spilled over into all the other areas of her life. So once she changed her job, whoa, everything started to change. Yeah. She started to feel so much better. You know, if something's making you feel bad, you know, if you're, if you're in, um, if your relationships are making you feel bad, if your home environment's making you feel bad, if your career is making you feel bad, you're not going to feel like making those healthy choices for yourself yeah. yeah 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 so yeah once she changed her job it was amazing like what how the there was that domino effect and she was just totally different mindset so yeah. happy it was amazing to see yeah which is where the benefit of working with somebody really comes into play because you ask questions to get a picture of what's going on and it's through conversation that somebody might hear you say something and that you go, there's the link there. There's the wee link that's out of sync with everything else. And then you can have that conversation. Whereas if you think, right, it's only diet and you go and maybe sign up with a nutritionist or you go and download a diet plan or buy a diet book from the shelf, that's not they're not necessarily going to take you to the right place. Whereas if you've got somebody who's looking at a bigger picture, then that's, that's totally going to have a much bigger impact. Yes, definitely. Yeah. When you've got someone there who's, you can talk to someone who's not going to judge you. You're in a safe space with me and with you and you're talking through things. We're hearing what they're saying. We can help connect the dots and, you know, we're asking questions. I don't, I don't tell people what to do. You don't tell people what to do. You're helping yeah. them find the answer. Most people have the answers within them. And, um, and, and that's also, you know, that's how things are sustainable as well. If I tell you what to do, you know, you might be able to do it for a little while, but if it doesn't suit you, then it's not sustainable. And I'm not always going to be there for you so you have to find the answers within you so that yeah you use all the questions and then reflect back okay with the number of times I've had clients say to me like oh like when I've said it out loud to you now or you know the light bulb has come on because they've been able to get yeah. out they've said something out loud or I've repeated something that I've said and they've not realized like what they said and then the light bulb comes on and then all of these connections start to get made. And then, you know, the client says, okay, I think I'm going to try this. And you say, yeah, go and try it. And you're supporting them to go and try it. And then you can talk through if it's something, if it, 
if it doesn't work, okay, why didn't it work? What was going on there? Okay, how can yeah. we change things up? And um, yeah, it's it's amazing what happens when when you're supporting people to find the answers for themselves. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think in my experience of working with other people, when I'm coming away, like when I'm the client, not when I'm, I'm the coach, I come away going, that person really believed in me. And that that translates and you come away feeling so so much more motivated, so much more inspired because somebody's instilling faith and geeing you up. Like when I was in school, for example, if, if you were if you failed an exam or you didn't get something, it would be like, oh, well, you're not good enough. You need to try harder. You know, there's that kind of there's a failures happened here, not a okay, let's see what's happening. Let's see what's going on. How can we fix this? How can we do this in a different way that you know how to do this? And having somebody being your cheerleader just as like, oh yes, I can do it. And that keeps you going. And that that's what can propel you forward as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think for so many of us, you know, we have had these experiences in our lives where we we have been told we're a failure or that you aren't good enough and you know we do a lot of us do have that in us like oh I'm not good enough and that's absolutely not true it's garbage but you know you need someone there to support you and remind you that yeah you are and you know we can change things up it doesn't have to be this way let's look at what's going on you know I think people can we can be so hard on ourselves and um, mm. you know, the way we talk to ourselves, we would never speak that way to our friends. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no. so it is. You, you wouldn't know, have any friends. I know, right? <laughs> I know. But you know, I've you know, I've I've had coaching, I've had counseling, and it's been invaluable to me, you know. Yeah. Feel the same as you. Come away from that going, oh, I've been able to share something. And we've been able to work through something and now that feels doable and I can go and try it. Yeah. Makes such a difference. Yeah, definitely. So going going back to food, and we were talking about something before we started recording, and you were saying about how when you're working with a client and you're dealing with food, it's not like you don't have a plan which you would hand somebody and say this is the plan you're going to do you work much more in depthly with people to to tweak that yeah so um if someone's looking to change their diet or build up their confidence in the kitchen um you know we spend a lot of time talking about what's going on um you know i want to i want to know what your relationship with food is like you know, <laughs> you know i want to know what are you eating right now? What do you feel confident cooking for yourself right now? I'm not judging you. I'm not in the business. Whoa, I can't believe you don't know how to do that. Or it's, that's not what it's about. It's about finding out where are you right now? And then where do you, where do you want to go? So, you know, yesterday I was, um, I was talking to a client and this was our kind of our our chat before, um, I'm going to be doing, um, some, uh, cooking a cooking class with her at her house so you know I'm not just going to show up at her house and say right this is what we're doing I want to know what does she want to get out of this you know and she she's told me she wants some quick and easy meals that are healthy and that's great and um you know we talked about 
um, what does she eat right now? What's her diet like right now? And how are you feeling through the day? You know, are you having cravings and things like that? So I've got to find out what, what she eats. And I asked her about, um, what does she feel comfortable, confident cooking right now? So we can build on that or, you know, okay, here's the potential to add different things in. You know, she told me she makes stir fries. Great. So we can change up the vegetables there and yeah. create variety that way. And, um, and she told me, you know, it's like, well, are there things you're interested in cooking with that maybe you're not sure how to prepare or you want to try or are there cuisines you want to try? So we talked about that and she said, you know, I'd really like to add more beans into my diet, more legumes. And I was like, yes, that's easy. You know, we can do that. Just, you know, it's great. So I get an idea of what, what my client wants to learn. What do they want to taste? What do they want to try? And then I tailor it to them. Find out what, what equipment do you have in the kitchen? I think some people think they need to have lots of fancy gadgets and no, but you know, you just need a few basic things. You know, you need a saute pan, you need a pot, you need a roasting tin, you need a good knife and you need a chopping board. It's not, (laughs) you don't need need tons of stuff. You don't need tons of stuff. Then, you know, and I'm a big believer in cook once, eat twice. You don't have to spend your life cooking in the kitchen, you know, set aside that time, but it's about thinking, thinking about um cooking as a gift to yourself (laughs) you know not it's not a chore and I know for some people it can feel like oh it's just another thing on that never-ending to-do list and it's that's where I can come in and help you as well right why are you why are you feeling like this why is your to-do list never-ending why are you tired you know yeah what's going on with that what is your energy Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's also ways around the not having time to prepare food because you can buy, I mean, obviously veggies already chopped up for you, ready to go, aren't ideal because they're washed in chlorine and stuff like that. But they're a solution to a problem that's maybe one step up from opening a can. Yes, yes, so exactly. Yeah, yeah, yes. or buying frozen stuff again. Oh, I know, I'm even thinking, you know, like, you know, about what a soup that I really like to cook, which is super easy and quick, but get a bag of frozen broccoli and cauliflower, get an onion and some garlic, and then that's it. Pop it in, stock, cook it, blitz it, super easy. And it's nutritious. I mean, you've got all those, those cruciferous veg, which are so, so good for you. So yeah, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be gourmet and, um, but it tastes, it tastes good. Yeah. And then once you get into that habit and then you start feeling better and you're dealing with everything else better, then maybe you do start then using fresh produce. Yep. And then that might be the next level. And then maybe you do grow your own and take it like, like there's so many ways that you can take it, but it's not, oh, well, I want to start a vegetable patch and I'm going to live from the land when at the moment you're opening a can of soup. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Huge jumps. Huge jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of my, I worked with another client and, um, you know, when he first started with me, I wasn't quite, well, I mean, I was asking him loads of questions. I wasn't quite sure what, what he wanted to get from our work together. And then he said he wanted to, he wanted some new recipes. And I thought, okay, I'll give you some recipes. But then when we were talking, it was kind of coming across that he wasn't feeling that confident with, with his cooking skills. 
And so I suggested to him, and I said, well, would you like for one of our sessions for us to cook together? And this was, uh, you know, we did it, we did it all online. He's like, yeah, let's give it a go. We had so much fun. It was, it was great. You know, I would send him a shopping list. I would send him the recipe so he knew what we were cooking. So he got all the shopping in and then we just got online together. We prepped everything together. So I was there to talk him through things. He could ask me questions and it was, it was great. We had so much fun. And then while things were maybe sauteing, then I could talk to him about what else was going on in his life. And we could talk about, okay, well, the, you could try this, you could try that. But I know like he just felt so much better and felt more confident because me sending him the recipes was useless. He didn't feel confident enough to actually make them. So we did it together. And, you know, what's great is, you know, I've heard from him recently and he said he now has the confidence to cook. He's trying new recipes now and he's returning to the old recipes. So it's really, it's really great to hear he's feeling better. You know, he's, he's a runner and it's fueling his running a lot better. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Having that snowball effect. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome that you can, you can have a, a cooking lesson with somebody online. Like it's that's- so much fun. It, honestly, it's so much fun. And, you know, I would, I think now, you know, well, we couldn't then, but um, it was great. And we did it on WhatsApp too. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> we just did it on WhatsApp. So yeah. yeah, it was great fun, you know, and we could chat to each other and, you know, we could show each other what we were doing and it was, it was, it's super easy to do. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I've also, I've, I've run online classes as well. And that's yeah. been a lot of fun. I mean, I've really loved to, I'd love to come to your house and like help you out. Cause I think that's useful too, to have someone come in, look at your space and, um, you know, how can we make this space easier for you to use, you know, yes. and, and we, how, how do we set it up? And then I can see what you've got in your kitchen. Okay, what, what can we make using what you have? You don't have to go out and spend a fortune. Let's just, where are you? And then let, we start from there. Yeah, there's always something at the back of your cupboard that's been there since like 2012. <laughs> I remember cleaning out my grand's cupboard once for her and I kept going through and I'm like, grand, this went out of date in 1997 and it was like 2013 or something like that. And I was like, what? What? Oh, I forgot it was in there. I just never go to the back of the cupboard. Yeah. It's like, what have you got in the back of the cupboard that you could bring forward and use? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's part of it too. Come in, we can go through your cupboards get rid of what you're not using or uh, what's been sitting there for a long time, you know, cause if we do, it's, it's like, you know, if it's sitting around, it can just make, it'll make you feel horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have got a block of tamarind in my cupboards. Now I've only ever had tamarind in like a container, but it's already quite liquidy and uh-huh. it came in, in a pack with a recipe book and a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tamarind isn't an ingredient within the recipe book. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do with this block of tamarind. And every time I open the cupboard, I see it and I'm like, oh, it's going to go to waste. Oh my God, I need to ask somebody what I can do with that. So if you know anything that you can do with tamarind, um, just, I know I'm not asking you off the top of your head. No, I'm trying to think now. I'll message you and you can have a wee look and see you and have a think if there's anything that can be done with tamarinds because I really am kind of stumped. Yes. 
that's not something that's uh, normally on. That's not on my list, my usual list of ingredients. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it was. I thought it was quite an unusual ingredient to come with because it came with saffron and black cardamom pods and something because it was in an Indian cookbook. Yes. Uh-huh. Then when I was going through, and obviously when I went through the recipe book, I was just looking for all the vegetarian recipes. Um, so maybe there's something with meat that I, I've missed. But it was a pretty hefty, thick book. Um, I'm like, oh, yay. I uh, need to do something with that. Right, so um, that's our homework. Uh, yeah, that'll be our, our homework. I'm just uh, having a wee notice at the time here, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> my time is nearly run out. And also, yeah, I told you when we, when we, before we started, I was like, how long will this podcast be? And I'm like, well, it could be all day. Cause I how could, long is a piece of string? <laughs> I, have, I have somewhere else to be at one o'clock. Um, okay, okay. Is there anything else that you want to talk about as we're wrapping up? Um... I just, I think, you know, your health is the foundation of your happiness. So invest in your health. And if you invest in your health, it's going to have that knock-on effect on all the other, all the areas in your life. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. After yourself, it's so important. And if you need help doing that, get some help. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. And yeah, we all need we all need somebody to hold our hand. We all need a cheerleader. It doesn't matter how old we are. <laughs> we all need it. Exactly. Where's the best place for people to find you and your services? I am on Facebook. Um, my page is Kelly Ludwig Health and Wellness. I'm also on Instagram at Kelly Ludwig Coaching. Um, I'm also a member of the UK Health Coaches Association and I ha- you can um, go on to their website and you can do a search for me there, Kelly Ludwig, uh, I come up there and that can tell you um, a bit more about me. Um, but yes, I do one-to-one coaching, I do group coaching, I do a group coaching program, a mind-body reset, I'm planning on doing that again in March. And um, I do corporate wellness, staff uh, wellness workshops, and I'm a yoga teacher, and I can do one-to-one yoga sessions. If your sports club wants to get me in, I would love to do that, and I do yoga cover. So, and, and then the cooking classes. If you want to get cooking and build up your confidence, and I'll come around to your kitchen. So, yeah, send me a message if you're interested in uh, yeah. working with me. Well, I'll put all those links into the show notes so that people can find you easily. So thank, thank you so much. so much, Kelly. I love talking to you and I can't wait till we meet again in real life. I know. Thank you so much for How having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs>